Welcome to the CL Talks podcast. Each week, we sit down with different guests who provide unique and insightful perspectives on various topics. Let's dive right into this week's episode of CL Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another CL Talks. And I am so excited to talk to you tonight about how to pray effectively and get results. I, I want to entitle it this way, Implementing Powerful Breakthroughs. Now, we know from the Old Testament with King David, the Bible says when he was anointed to be king, the Philistines, which were God, uh, the uh, enemies of Israel, they heard of David's anointing to be king, and it says they rallied themselves and came up to attack him. Same thing when you and I are born again. The kingdom of darkness knows it because we're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So they know when they, we come out, and we, they know what we come into. And then the Bible says in uh, Romans, the fifth chapter, it tells us in verse 17 that we are, uh, in verse 12 and 17, it, that we are anointed by God to reign to reign with Jesus Christ, okay? So that's when a lot of times a lot of the attacks come in our life when they see us uh, born again or we're maturing and growing in the things of God. But here's what David did. David prayed. He came and sought God, asking for wisdom exactly what he needed to do uh, concerning this attack. God gave him the wisdom, and once David prayed, received the wisdom, then the Bible says God broke through his enemies. So we are the ones that implement, instigate, begin what will become a powerful breakthrough by the Spirit of God. So we must know how to pray effectively. So let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, verse 14 and 15. I love the Word of God. Don't you love the Word of God? And I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And Paul is giving instructions to the Corinthian church. He's kind of bringing some order uh, to the church because all of the gifts of the Spirit are operating inside of, of this church. And he needs to bring some explan explanation uh, concerning some of the things that are going on. So Paul says this in verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, matter of fact, we'll talk about that next week. He said, my spirit by the Holy Spirit well, uh, within me praise, but my mind is unproductive. One translation said is unfruitful. In other words, when you're praying in the spirit, praying in an unknown tongue, it's unknown to your mind. So when you're praying in the spirit, your mind does not understand that. It actually bypasses uh, your mind uh, because your, your mind is, is unfruitful at that particular point, And you're praying, but you're going to find out next week uh, how you're praying the perfect will of God. So he says, it bears no fruit, helps nobody. Then in verse 15, he says this, Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding. So Paul says there's two types of prayer here. One is praying in the spirit, and the other one is praying in my understanding. So what does it mean when he says, I will pray in my understanding, and it says right here, intelligently with my mind? Well, praying in my understanding means that I am going to pray the Word of God, which is in agreement 
with God. When I pray the Word of God, it means that I am taking what God has promised and what God has said, and I am bringing it to Him, and I'm in my circumstance or my situation, I'm bringing the Word to God because it's His Word, and I'm praying that Word, and I'm praying out of my understanding because now I have revelation knowledge of that promise and that Word. So which means when I pray the word of God, I'm praying the promises of God, which is the known will of God. And I pray intelligently only if my mind is renewed. If my mind has not been renewed to the word of God, then how am I going to pray the, the will of God? Remember, and I taught you this, remember what it says in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 2. It says, don't be conformed any longer to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then watch the next statement, that you may know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If I don't renew my mind, guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be praying like someone with a blindfold on throwing darts, and hoping I may hit the bullseye. That's how people pray when they don't have an understanding or they don't know the promises or the Word of God. That's the reason it's so important for you to study. When you study, you're renewing your mind to the Word of God. And that happens because you have a local church. You're listening right now. You are renewing your mind. Our notes are up uh, on, on uh, our website uh, for every teaching Sunday, Wednesday that, that we do. So you can study that. And as you study that and study the Word of God, you're renewing your mind. In this day and time, you're going to need to know exactly how to pray and how to pray effectively. So, so the known will of God. Remember what Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together unless they are in agreement? You must be in agreement with God. Prayer is coming into agreement, communicating, talking with God, coming into agreement with what God has already said and, and God has already uh, promised. So when I pray, that is my part. I am now implementing what, is, what we know is a move of God or the power of God or a, a, a powerful breakthrough. Okay, So listen to 1 John, the 5th chapter, verse 14 and 15. Again, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And this is the confidence. Now, where do we get confidence to come to pray? Watch this. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. The Bible says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, come boldly before the throne of God, which we have in him, in Jesus. This is the confidence and assurance and boldness that we have in Jesus. Listen, I am in Christ and Christ is in me. So when I come before God, it's the same as Jesus coming before God. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. And that's what God sees because he's placed me in Jesus. He says, we are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according, listen, according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. Make any request according to his will. What is his will? His word, his promises, the word of God is his will. So if we ask anything, make any request according to the promise of, according to what I find in the Word of God, of what He has given me, He's promised me, and in agreement, I come into agreement with that. The Bible says He listens to that, 
Because it's his word. And the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. So it's his word. He hears us. Now watch this, verse 15. Amazing scripture. And if, since, we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled, absolute knowledge that we have granted to us as our present possessions the request made of him. Man, let me just read that again. Listen to this. Man, that should excite you. It always excites me. So if since we positively, you have to positively know that when you're praying the word of God, you don't have to say, I wonder if God's listening to me. I wonder. No, he's listening to you. Settle that. Don't listen to any type of lies that the enemy would throw into your head. God's not listening to you. God's not answering your prayer. Who do you think you are? Don't listen to that mess. If you pray with the word of God, the Bible says we positively know that he listens to us. And in whatever we ask, we also know with settled, let it be settled. God said it. That settles it. I prayed it. That settles it. Absolute knowledge. We have. We have. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I know I have it. I, it's not manifested yet. I haven't seen the, the, the result in the earth realm right now. But it is settled that I have. It has been granted to us as our present possession is mine because faith says now I have it. I have believed it. God's word says it. And now I will see the manifestation of it, the request made of him. Now, Jesus said the same thing about praying in our understanding. Watch this in John, the 15th chapter, verse 7, again in the Amplified Bible. Jesus made this statement. He said, if you live in me, abide vitally and united to me. When you get born again, you become one with Jesus Christ. Okay, so now you're living in him. He, by the way of the Holy Spirit, is living in you. Okay? Then he talks about abiding. Keep, keep walking with him. Uh, coming into agreement with him. Reading the word. So he said, abide vitally united to me and my words. And here's something else I want you to see. Notice that in verse 7 it starts out with if. That means that this is conditional. So if I don't do these things, I'm not going to see results. So he said, if you live in me, abide uh, vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, how are you going to get the word on the inside of you? We just said it, Romans the 12th chapter, verse 2. We need to renew our minds, study to show ourselves approved, read the word of God. It is amazing in, in how many things get our attention. And some of the last, one of the last things that, that we pay attention to is the reading of the word of God. You know what it says in Proverbs? My son, pay attention, give attention to my word because that's the only thing that really has life it's the only thing that's going to get you out of and get you through issues and circumstances and things of that nature and bring a breakthrough for you so he says and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts now why is it so important for the word to live in my heart because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks okay that's your tongue is going to be the rudder navigating you through 
the circumstances and situations after you have prayed. The, the, the rudder out of your mouth uh, is going to come what is remaining in what is in your heart, which is the Word of God. And you're going to keep speaking that Word. You're going to keep confessing that Word. You're going to thank God that He watches over His Word to perform it as you're waiting to see the manifestation of what you're believing for and what you're praying for. So, it said this, And ask whatever you will, which is in accordance to, and it must be, in alignment with and agreement with God's word, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. We may not see an instant manifestation, even though you can see that, but, but that's where the fight of faith comes in. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm believing, holding on to my faith, walking in my faith until I see the breakthrough, until I see the manifestation of what I'm believing for. So, if we pray God's word, Concerning our circumstances and issues, how do I know that God will say yes to my prayer? All right, let's read 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, uh, verse 20, reading this out of the New King James Version. And it says this, for all, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him, which means in Jesus, and Jesus was the word, uh, made manifest in the flesh here. He's called the Word of God. So you can say all the promises in the Word, now watch this, are yes. Yes. All the promises. Everything you read in the Bible and you find, it's yes. And listen to this, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. In other words, we find the promise, and then in Him, the amen, which means we have prayed the promise. We're praying the promise. We're standing on the promise. All the promises are in Him are yes. It didn't say some of them are no. Sometimes it's no. Every time I pray in accordance to God's will concerning whatever my circumstance is, that promise means God says yes. Yes, pray that. Yes. And that means that I'm going to receive if I continue to walk by faith. Listen to what Jeremiah, the first chapter, and I said this a while ago, but I want to quote it. Jeremiah, the first chapter, verse 12, out of the Amplified Bible, it says, Then the Lord said to me, speaking to Jeremiah, he says, You have seen well. Now watch, listen to this. For I am alert God never sleeps. He's omnipresent. He knows all things. I am alert and active. He's always acting on our behalf. But here's how you activate his power. Here's how you activate him in your circumstance. He said, watching over my word to perform it. He's not waiting, you, he's not waiting for you to pray, Lord, if it be your will. No, he's waiting for you to pray his will. He's waiting for you to pray the word, which is his will. Let's take, for example, uh, I'm going to give you two examples. Uh, healing and finances have to do with our own personal lives. Okay? So, in, in with healing, in Matthew the 8th chapter, verse 16 and 17, listen to this. It, it says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought uh, to Jesus, and he cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. Thus, notice here it says he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word 
of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, speaking and prophesying about the coming of Jesus, and in speaking about him being on the cross, salvation, the cross, the resurrection. Okay, what did he do on the cross? He took all of our sins, all of our sicknesses, all our disease. Because here's what he said. He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Which is, this, when you see this, it's like, okay... This is something that I need to understand, that I need to see, that I need to know. And, and, and what is that? Jesus, right here, it says this, Jesus took my infirmities, my sicknesses, my diseases upon him. Okay, all of them were put on him. He was made a curse for me, the Bible says in Galatians he, he became a curse for me so that I could receive the blessing. What is the blessing? Well, if the curse is sickness, the blessing is, is healing. But I've got to come into alignment with that word. So, so, so what, do, what do I do? Lord Jesus, I thank you. Father, I'm coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you that Jesus took my infirmities, bare my uh, sicknesses and diseases in his own body. And I thank you, and I'm just asking you right now for the healing that belongs to me. Listen to 1 Peter 2.24. It says, Who himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins. Number one, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness then he comes over to what salvation is. It, it is the whole uh, perspective of spirit, soul, and body. Who stri- by whose stripes we were healed. We were healed. And the word heal there means to cure and to make whole. Okay, And it just doesn't have to do with the sin. It has to do with all mind, body, spirit. It's, and, and then if, 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 if that's not enough, listen to Psalms 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits. I t- I'm telling you, the gospel, the, the salvation, the, the, the word of God is the best benefit package in the world. He says, number one, who forgives all of your iniquities, deals with the sin. And then he who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So when I have a passage of scripture like this, and I want to pray, I come and I say, Father, I thank you that Jesus took my infirmities, bare my sicknesses uh, in his own body, carried my diseases in his body, uh, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes of Jesus, I thank you that I am healed. And then, Lord, you said in your word, but remember it says all the promises, you know, all of the promises, every single word, all right, in the Bible is the promises. So he says, I thank you that you forgive all my iniquities. I thank you that you heal all my diseases Father, I thank you that you redeem me from life, from uh, you redeem my life from destruction. You crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I thank you for that, Father, and I just thank you and ask you to heal me and make me whole in accordance to the new covenant, accordance to the Word of God. 
See, when you do that, you're praying what? You're praying in agreement with God's Word. You're praying the promises of God's Word. And as you pray that, you are, then you are going to see the manifestation. In the meantime, until that manifestation takes place when it comes to healing my, my body, every single day I'm saying, Lord, I thank you that, uh, that you heard my prayer. I thank you that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you that, Father God, that you, you have uh, healed all my disease. I thank you, Lord God, that you've healed my sickness. I thank you, Lord, for healing me and making me whole. And I declare today that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing me because you watch over your word to perform it. That's what you say. I do that. I've been doing that for years, every single day until I see the manifestation. Sometimes I have been healed, boom, like that. But majority of times, I've had to walk it out in my faith. I've had to thank God, praise God. I have declared his word every single day until that manifestation begins and happens to take place. Okay, what about our financial needs? Okay, financial needs and blessings in prosperity come in our life when we give. And we give uh, 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 not selfishly or grudgingly, but we give because our heart is a heart of giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. Now my heart is in Jesus, and I love people, and I love my local church, and therefore all we're doing, and what do I do? I give, and here's the promise. Luke 6, 38, and it says this, Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back. Okay, so so how do I pray that? After I have given, because that it, it starts the process. And then I pray, after I've get, for, uh, given, I pray and I said, Father, thank you that I have given, me and my family, we have given. And I thank you in the name of Jesus that as we give, it is given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall it be put in our bosom, shall men give unto our bosom. What about Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 19? The Apostle Paul said this to the Philippian church after they had given. And he said this, And my God shall supply all of your need after they had given, after they planted seed. My God shall supply all, not just some, not partial, all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so when I give, I say, Father, I thank you that I give and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Father God. That is your, your, your word that men shall give unto my bosom. And Father, I thank you today. Lord, as we have given, we have a need today. And here is that need. And it could be needs. Here are those needs. Father, I thank you because we give. You are our God. And you promised that you would supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you right now for supplying this need. I thank you. Here's the need, Father. Here it is right here. I've written it down. Here it is. Here's my need. You make that need known to him. And I thank you that you are going to supply this need. I don't have to run tell uh, anybody. Uh, I don't have to run and beg. You're my father. You're going to supply that need. And he promised that. Listen, listen to this. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9, chapter, uh, verses 6 through 11. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously that blessings may come to someone. That's the key. I'm not selfish. I give sacrificially uh, many, many times. And he says... 
he says that blessings may come to someone. I do that because I'm involved with my local church. And so therefore, as I give, my local church then uh, disperses funds, uh, not only locally here, uh, people in need, but uh, in our nation, ministries around the world, missionaries and everywhere. Uh, we administrate those things. And you're a part of that. Uh, when you're part of a local church and you're giving uh, uh, there, then, then every Everything that goes out is, is, is accounted to your account. That's what Paul said in Philippians, the fourth chapter. But here's what God said, that blessings may come to someone. You will also reap generously and with blessings. Let each one give uh, as he's made up his own mind, purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves. He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Now listen to this promise. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, I'm reading this out of, the out of the Amplified Bible. And so how do you pray that? How do you boldly pray that in what we're talking about? Praying in your understanding, praying in accordance to the will of God. Well, here's the will of God. Father, I thank you that as we give, uh, as we give out of our personal lives, as we give uh, business folks in giving, as I give. Father, I thank you today that you're able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come to us in abundance that we may always, under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing and requiring to require no aid or support, furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Father, I want to be able to give. My, my wife and I prayed this a long, long time ago. We want to be able to give to every uh, missionary. We want to be able to give to everyone that comes to our church. We want to be able to sow into their offering. We want to be able to give them projects, you know, in the local church. And so we just said, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for uh, multiplying our seed for sowing. We thank you for making all grace, uh, every favor and earthly blessing come to us in abundance. Father, we thank you for that. And then we just continue to pray the word of God and listen to, to, to verse 10. And God, who provides seed to the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resource of sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that not only you provide food for us to eat, but Lord, you are multiplying our resources for sowing and to increase the fruits of our righteousness, which will manifest itself in active goodness and kindness and charity. Now, you know what I just did? I did exactly what the Bible tells me to. I'm praying the word of God. And then it says you will be enriched in all things and everywhere so you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us. Uh, and, and today that's through the local church to bring forth thanksgiving to God. So notice that I also pray, Lord, I thank you that we're being enriched in all things in every way so that we can be generous 
and that we can give. When you start praying like that, instead of just praying selfishly, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. Just gimme, 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 gimme. No, when you start praying, God, I want you to multiply my seed. I want you to, to, to Father, I want, I, I want you to be enriched in all things so that I can be generous. I can even be more generous. And I can give, Father God. Thank you for multiplying my seed for sowing. Now, that's how you pray according to your finances. And then and you bring your need to the Father. That's what God said. Cast all your care upon Him. You know, everything that you have, you come to Him, you cast that care, but you pray the promise. And that's just what we did. So when you pray the promises of God, number one, you must pray in faith, believing that you have received what you prayed for before you actually see and partake of the manifestation that you prayed. Listen to Mark eleven twenty four because there's something here you need to see and understand concerning praying and praying effectively. For this reason, Jesus is speaking, for this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, and we find, found out that that must be in alignment with the Word of God, it must be according to the promises of God. That's the reason that we renew our minds. We study the Word of God, read the Word of God. For this reason, I'm telling you that whatever you ask in prayer, believe. So I have, I'm praying. But in my praying, I must believe that what I'm praying, which is in accordance to God's will, is being heard by God. And that's exactly what we learn in 1 John, the 5th chapter uh, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence. This is the assurance that we have. We ask anything according to his will. He, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know that we have what we ask for. So Jesus is saying the same thing. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, be confident. That is granted to you and you will get it. Oh, my gracious. Listen to this. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you. And, and watch this. You will get it, which indicates that by faith, I believe that I receive it now because I know God heard me. I know that if he hears me, that he's now going to move on my behalf. He, he works in this world's system that is here to make sure to, to bring to me. Uh, if it's healing, he, he, he brings that. He manifests that. But I must believe when I pray. I'm not, this is not begging and wishing. Okay? This is not, oh God, please do this. When he's already said, what you need to do, get a hold of your emotions. You need to come to him and say, okay, Father, this is what you said. This is your promise. This is your word. And I'm asking you for this need based upon these promises. This is what is called praying with my understanding. Praying intelligently. I'm praying according to the promise in the word of God. Then it says, and when, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. Now, there's a time lapse most of the times between the time you've prayed and you're in faith and you're believing until you get it. Okay, what is that called? It's called fighting the fight of faith. 
that I continue to hold on every single day. If it takes every hour for me to say, Father, I thank you because your word says this, that I receive this. I thank you, Lord God. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I praise you and worship you because your word says, listen, the fight of faith means this. It means that I will confess the word of God, what God said, his promises, until I see it manifest. Now, why do I need to confess the word of God? Because I must stay in faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I must stay in faith. Therefore, as I confess God's word, I'm hearing it coming out of my mouth. It's in my heart, coming out of my mouth, going into my ears. Therefore, I am now hearing what God says. It keeps my faith here where the enemy tries to come in and put doubt and unbelief in. And what does the Bible tell me to do that? Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter verse 3 through 5. Cast down every vain imagination, every high thing is also itself against the knowledge or the will of God. So if the enemy puts something contrary in there, I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because here I have the word. This is what the word of God says. And I will not listen to you, you lying devil. I'm not listening to you. And even if your own mind condemns you, the Bible says in 1 John. That my own mind says, okay, it's been quite some time. I don't know if God's going to do this for us or not. And I had to say, mine, shut up. I, I am believing the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says, and we're standing on the Word of God. You get into alignment with what the Word of God says. It's what I call self-talk. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Amen. David did it all the time. But now here's something that you need to see that's so important concerning our prayers being answered by God. So there's two important factors that I must understand to be assured that my prayer is answered. Number one, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Man, that's, that's what so many people at times struggle with. You know, they get into a place, they start praying, they don't see an instant manifestation uh, of that prayer. They're having to fight the fight of faith. And a lot of people say, well, why did this happen to me? Does God not love me? Oh, come on, folks. We live in a fallen world. We live in a place where there's demonic spirits, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness that are all against us. We have, have people that are not born again, they're safe, that, that sometimes uh, uh, are against us. Things happen, events happen, circumstances happen. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have truth. Tribulation, okay? That should not be a surprise to us, you know, when it happens. We don't like things to happen. Well, when it does, we need to stand on the Word of God. We need to pray immediately. But here's the thing. You need to understand that when you're going through something or something happens God, and you're going to pray, God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. Listen to what uh, Jesus said in John, the 16th chapter, verse 23 and 20, 27. I'm going to read this out in New King James Version. And Jesus is talking about the day when He goes back to heaven. Okay, he's going to be on the cross. He's going to be resurrected. Then he's going to go back to his father. Uh, he's going to be seated at the right hand of God. That's where we are placed when we get born again. But now listen to what he said to his disciples. In that day, in that day when he goes back, he's seated at the right hand of, of the father. You will ask me nothing. You will ask me nothing. You don't say, Jesus, please do this for me. Okay, Jesus came to put us back in relationship with the father to have be one with him and be in relationship with him. Listen, he said, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. See, we are always to pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus. And when I finished my prayer, I said, Father, amen in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. So he said, 
Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now we know that whatever we ask must be in alignment with the word of God and the will of God. Okay, So he said, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Your joy to be full is when you ask, not waiting, not going through the process of, of when I get it, I'll be joyful. No, no, no. My joy is, praise God, my Father has heard me. I know what I have said. I know what I've prayed. I've prayed according to his word. And I thank you, Father. My joy is full. I'm rejoicing right now because I know I have the confidence and assurance that you heard me, you listened to me because I've just prayed your word. So he said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Verse 25, these things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I do not say, listen to this, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. In other words, Jesus saying, listen, you need... To, to pray yourselves. Why? Listen to this. He said that I do not say that I shall pray to the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believe that I came forth from God. Okay? I go into prayer because I know the Father loves me. Number two, to get your prayers answered, you must forgive. If anybody has done anything to you, if you don't forgive them, you don't forgive by emotions and feelings. If you did that, you'll never forgive. You forgive because the Bible commands us to forgive, and we're going to forgive because we're going to be obedient to God. Okay? If you don't forgive, you're not going to get your prayers answered. Uh, you'll never get your prayers answered until you forgive people that have done something to you or hurt you or wronged you. So it's important that you know it's essential, absolutely essential, that when you're coming to God in prayer and there's something in your heart, there's all in your heart, say, Father, I forgive them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Or, Father, forgive me for what I have done to hurt somebody. You know, forgiveness goes two ways there. So it's important that you forgive. And Jesus said this right after Matthew 20, 11, 24, when we talked about praying, he immediately, this is in context, he says this, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop, let, leave it, let it go in order that your Father is in heaven may also forgive your own failings and shortcomings, let them drop. But if you do not forgive, Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings or shortcomings. And here's the key. You're not going, you will not get your prayers answered until you forgive. When you forgive somebody by faith, not that you feel and not that you might have thoughts. By faith, if the enemy puts thoughts back in your mind after you've forgiven somebody, you say, devil, you need to take that up with God because I have forgiven them and I have given them over to the Lord. Amen. Don't allow him to, uh, to, to mess you up on that. So it's important that you forgive. Then what do we do? We have to fight. I mentioned this a while ago. We have to fight the fight of faith between the praying and receiving of what we uh, prayed for. That's the reason Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, 
which, to which you were also called and have confessed. Listen to this. Have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When people ask you what you're believing, what you're standing on in your, in your circumstance that you have already prayed, you're believing God, you just say, I, I've prayed and I'm trusting God. That's all you have to say. You don't have to try to explain yourself. Just, I've prayed and I am believing God. That's all you have to say to somebody. Here's a great, here's one great example. Listen to this. In how we pray the promise of God. In 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, we find Elijah. And God gave him a promise. Watch this. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. Okay. If God said he's going to send rain on the earth, what do I have to do? Okay, you have to understand that we are fellow workers with God. We're in partnership with God uh, in this earth. We are one with him. For me to implement, they needed a breakthrough. They needed rain. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. So they need a breakthrough. So how is that breakthrough going to be implemented for the power of God to move? Watch this. Okay, so he said, he, he said I will send rain. So what do you do? He said, I will send rain on the earth. That's the promise. Okay, so what does Elijah do? Listen to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, verse 41 through 44. Then Elijah said to Ahab, now he's confessing the promise. He's now confessed what God has given him. He's confessing what the word of the Lord is. Go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. See, when you're standing on the promise, I'm telling you, there is a sound of what you're believing for and, and what, what you are, are trusting God in that he's going to do. What is that sound? That sound re, uh, just reverberates through me because I'm speaking the word of God. I'm hearing the word of God. I prayed the word of God. And I hear the sound of, of what I'm going to receive in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says, so Ahab... The king left. He went up to uh, eat and drink. He actually trusted what Elijah said. Then, now watch this. Listen. And Elijah went up on the top of Carmel, the mountain. He bowed down on the ground. And that means literally in the Hebrew, it means that he put himself in a birthing position like a Hebrew, like a, a Hebrew woman would give birth. He bowed down. Uh, on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go now, go up now, and look toward the sea. So, what was he doing in that posture? He was praying. Praying the word of God. Father, this is what you said. This is your word. You said that you're going to send rain. I'm praying right now that rain's coming. I thank you for the rain, Father, in Jesus' name. And he said, servant. He, he got through praying one time. He said, go up and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked. There was nothing. Seven times he said, go again. And then it came to pass on the seventh time. See, he didn't give up. Watch this. He said, there is a cloud as, as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea, you may not receive the full manifestation of what you're believing for, but just the fact that you receive at first a small manifestation means it's working, glory to God. It's happening there. And I keep praising and worshiping God. And he said, there's a cloud as, as small as a man's hands rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So here's, here's some points that you need to see concerning what Elijah did. First of all, God gave him the promise. He went and prayed the promise. And he didn't stop praying until he received the promise. So number one, 
it tells us that he withdrew in to pray. He withdrew to pray. He went up on Mount Carmel. Got away from everybody. You know what the Bible says in Matthew 6, 6? Jesus said this, when you pray, go to the secret place. Go into your place where you're going to pray. Shut the door and go to your father because your father's going to hear you. Notice his posture of prayer. How he prayed. What did he do? He humbled himself. Listen to 1 Peter 5th chapter verses 6 and 7. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may uh, exalt you. Casting, here's, here's the key, casting all your care upon him. That's what prayer is. Prayer is casting your care to God and giving it to him. So his posture of prayer was one of humility before God. But yet confidently and with assurance he prayed because he had the promise. And number three, he was fervent and passionate in his prayer. He didn't just, oh God, I hope you're going to do that. No, James the fifth chapter, verse 17 and 18 says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed earnestly and fervently that it would not rain and did not rain on the earth for three years and six months and then he prayed again fervently he prayed with passion and the and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit and then the last one is he was watchful he was expecting the prayer to be answered he kept looking i know it's going to rain i hear the sound of abundance rain i know it's going to i know i'm healed by the stripes of jesus i know i'm receiving this need man he was watchful he was believing okay psalms 130 says this in verse 5 i wait for the lord i expectantly wait in his word do i hope faith is a substance thing uh, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I am looking and waiting for the Lord more than the watchman in the morning. I say more than watchman in the morning. What am I doing? I'm giving thanks to God. And then the Bible says in, in Colossians, the fourth chapter, verse 2, be earnest, unwearied, steadfast steadfast in your prayer life being both alert and intent with praying with thanksgiving father i thank you that you've heard me i thank you for your word i thank you that that's exactly what your word says i do that day in and day out until i receive the the, the promise and ladies and gentlemen elijah persevered he didn't give up and didn't give in but just because he didn't see something the first day the second time the third time fourth time he kept pressing in this is what the bible says do not therefore in in hebrews 10 35 and 36 do not therefore uh, uh, fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God what is that you're praying his promises and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised listen I want you to understand this listen to this over and over again Get my notes, study this out, and start praying effectively the way you're supposed to pray. Okay? Next week, we're going to talk about praying in the Spirit. Pastor, what is that? That is that God has given this to us as a gift. So when we don't know how to pray intelligently concerning the will of God... We can pray in the Spirit. That is next week. You don't want to miss because you have to have the two. If you only can pray intelligently, but you don't know what God's will is on something concerning the Word of God, you then have to pray in the Spirit. Uh, so you kind of limit yourself if you don't know how to pray in the Spirit. So we're going to discuss that next time. Amen? 
Man, I hope you learned something tonight. I get so excited about this because this is, this is manifested in my life. It is part of my life. Uh, I, I love to pray. I love to go to the Lord and bring him everything in my life. And, and as uh, things uh, come to pass, works out, I just, I, I'm so thankful that he's, uh, he says yes to his word. Amen? Hey, if you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, guess what? Prayers are not answered. The only prayer when I'm living in sin or, or I have not been born again, received Jesus into my heart, the only prayer that God hears from me is a prayer to receive Jesus into my heart, or if I've been living in sin, missing God, it is the prayer of repentance. Once I pray that Jesus becomes my Lord, or I've repented my sins, guess what? Now I, I can pray and communicate with Him according to His Word. He listens and He hears me. If you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life, here's what the Bible says. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you and God raised Him from the dead, and you confess, what does that mean? I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. That's your prayer. That's your confession. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. I confess you as Lord of my life. The Bible says God saves you right now. He will do that if you do that. And then if you're a Christian and you say, man, I've been backslidden, uh, you repent. Father, I repent of my sins and ask your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. And he will do that. God bless you. We love you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the CL Talks podcast. You can find the notes from this conversation in the show notes below. For more information and talks from Covenant Love, just search for us on social media or head to mycl.church. We'll see you next week.